This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Welcome back to our part two sit down with Bruno Duarte from Below Deck. And if you haven't heard part one, you must listen. Bruno talks exactly about what he feels regarding Kate Chastain and Captain Lee. And let me tell you, it's shocking. Oh my God. You've got to listen to part one. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. He really does not hold back when it comes to Kate and Captain Lee. Now part two, we talk more about that filming below deck, the reputation of below deck in the industry, his near death experience and what he really feels about Andy Cohn. Stay tuned. You guys, you're in for a treat. What about, cause you said like in the real world, the stuff that happens, the drama, the hookups is so much more than below deck, like deaths and all this stuff. Like, what are some things just like from the yachting industry having nothing to do with below deck? Would we be so shocked that you've experienced on a charter oh or a boat or a season? Like, um, you know, from someone who's not in the industry, like what would shock me? Well, I can tell you last year, for example, when I moved, um, actually before I moved to Cannes in France, um, I started the season while my fiance was still in Portugal. And in Cannes, it, we had a, a horrible and really sad accident, not with me and not on my boat, but of course, whatever happens in this, you know, whatever happens in this industry is such a small industry that everybody knows. And in Cannes, um, two yachts collide to each other uh, because both captains were very responsible. One of them was actually intoxicated. Um, and this deckhand, which actually was starting his, his career, um, he made a post on that day on Instagram uh, saying like, oh, this is my life now. This is my yachting life. This is amazing, beautiful. And he died that day and was a friend of ours. Um, he was working on the bow and he was flicking the chain up uh, and his boat was stopped. But the other boat, which is the, the, ca- the, the captain's friend, was spinning uh, around the, his, the, my friend's boat and was going around in circles and circles. And what happens on the boat, if you leave your, the wheelhouse, if you leave the, the wheel on the boat is circling, it will go in every time it circles. So eventually his uh, boat got collided with the, the other boat on the bow. It destroyed the bow while the deckhand was inside the bilge. So the deckhand got smashed inside. Uh, the entire bow was destroyed. He eventually died on board uh, because the entire body and everything just failed. Uh, it's like it's like a, a train hitting on you. It's just it, it's tons and tons hitting a body. Like it, it was very sad and very uh, disturbing to watch because the boat was actually just across on on the same dock across on the other side at the end of the dock and. Uh, uh, I remember seeing the the bow hanging in pieces and the blood was still there and it was just very, yeah, it was very dramatic and very, 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 very sad. And that was just uh, an example how how dangerous and, uh, and, and I mean, it, it's extremely dangerous, this industry. And if you're not careful, you, yeah, you can die actually very easily. And you were on 
one of those boats. No, no, no. I was, it was uh, just a I, friend of yours. Yeah, still, I was on the same day. On the same day, on a way totally different boat, of course, working on a different boat, and uh, we were just getting the news. Um, and then when we when we went back to the dock on that day, then we saw the the bow of that boat, and uh, yeah, it was very, very scary, very spooky to see that. That's really scary. Yeah, it, it is very scary. Like um, even on the show, I almost lost my life or my leg because of a stupid accident, just because nobody was responsible. And that's the thing. Like when when you work on the yacht, it's so but so easy to have an accident, to break a bone, or to even lose your life. And and I just wish that every single person that watches the show, even if they're on the show, and that's the thing that everyone that does the show and works on Below Deck uh, needs to be to need to be applauded with is that you can risk your life in every single minute that you do the show while you're being filmed or whatsoever. Like I almost lost my life and uh, the seasons after another deck can almost lost his life because his ankle got stuck in the line and the propellers almost sucked him in. I mean, it's just easy. It's, it's, it's such a, it's so much stuff that you do on board. It's such a, like heavy materials and heavy stuff that you, I mean, you just need to be responsible and that's 10 times worse on the, the real industry. And how did you almost lose your life on Below Deck? Like what happened? And what was, was that shown on TV? I, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, it was actually shown on TV. Uh, people asked me like, oh, is that script? And uh, my only face was like, no. Why would you think I would script my own life on the show? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, yeah, but uh, it was like the, the, two, the two, like, two last episodes, uh, before the last episode, I think. Uh, I was with Nico on top. Uh, on the top deck and we were throwing the slide down and the slide when it's empty uh, with no air is extremely heavy because it's all those that giant slide rolled in and you have to have like literally two people pulling it up and then unroll it outside of the boat but it, before you do that you have to attach it with lines and those lines you have from the end the end the very end of the slide in the beginning so the slide when you get unrolled doesn't fly away or just doesn't be thrown into the water and then that's it. <laughs> you don't have the slide. So you have to always, of course, attach it to the boat. The problem is in with a responsible bosun that I thought Nico was, me as a junior and uh, for the first time managing and lines and, and, and of course I, I would do that because I was used to do that. But you're so tired. You run every day. That was the end of the season of Blow Deck. Little things just skips and, and you don't think about it. But I was, before we were throwing the slide out the boat, I was stepping on, in, on top of one of those lines, which means that when the slide unrolls out outside the boat, the line goes with it. The problem is that the line caught my leg while the slide was uh, going down. And uh, the only reason I didn't lose my life or my leg is that the slide actually hit the water uh, with enough time for me to release the line out of my leg. Uh, because as soon as we release the, the slide, the line goes like in very fast uh, speed, uh, which burned my leg big time. It was so painful. Um, and when the slide hit the water is when I got uh, literally thrown against the inboard of the boat. So if the slide would continue uh, unrolling, I would be literally chopped off from my leg or I would be thrown overboard and break my neck. 
probably. So that moment was extremely scary. At that moment, actually, I had no realization of uh, how scary and how dangerous it was. But when I sat down and I looked to my womb on my leg and the burn and how painful it was, I, I, I literally was like, oh my God, I almost lost my leg, uh, my life right now. And of course, on the show, it just shows that glimpse of, oh my God, he lost this and whatever. And, uh, but yeah, it, it happens. It's, it can happen any second. So what happens after that? I mean, are producers like, let's get this on camera or is it like, does anyone realize like you almost lost a leg and died? So because Nico was with me and, uh, and they, they, because they got everything on camera. So the, we have a thing that's called fourth wall. So whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. The guys have the orders that they cannot remove the camera for whatever is happening. So even if you're dying, they will keep filming unless like the cameraman is a very like very human person and doesn't mind losing his job. He will try to save you. The thing is my accident was so fast and you could quickly realize, okay, he's going to be fine. I'm sure they didn't help me because I was okay. I had the line. Nico helped me to remove the line from my leg. I ran downstairs uh, to the crew mess. They still keep film. Fil- they filmed me still. Um, I remember that the, the, one of the Zachary producers came and helped me to disinfect the wound, which was very painful because I almost passed out because it was so. It was very, very, very painful. Uh, I went. I remember that I took the stuff. I went alone to my cabin. And uh, I called the Big Brother camera because the camera was there we have on the cabins uh, was still there. And, and, I, and I remember like the camera turning to me, focusing it. And I was trying to put the, 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 the disinfecting water on my, um, on my, my, my leg. And I was screaming. I was like, oh my God, this is not happening to me. And I still managed to do that, carry on with my work. I had no words for Captain Lee. Nobody cared about, okay, you need to be off the season because you cannot carry on like this. I did the other charter with my leg like that. I was running with one leg only and, and I finished the season with almost, with just one leg because I couldn't move the other one because I had, I don't know how the degree of the burn of my leg, but it was the entire round leg. It was, it was white. To, like it was, I didn't have even the color of my skin on how painful and how burned it was. So, and yeah, I mean, they, it's complicated to understand until which point they can actually help you with that. But definitely it was like, I felt I was more alone, uh, regardless, even if I was like that, then I don't know. It's just, yeah. I mean, and Captain Lee, I mean, obviously as the captain was made aware oh, no, of no, this. no, 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 it, it didn't care at all. It would look at me as like, yeah, yeah, you have one leg, you can work. He would never like. Hey guys, I need to tell you about something which has made my life so much easier. It's called HelloFresh. And with HelloFresh, you get pre-measured ingredients and amazing mouth-watering recipes delivered right to your front door. It's that simple. You get a recipe and everything you need for that recipe is delivered along with that recipe and it's pre-measured. So it takes the stress and the thought and the planning of meals and it throws it out the window. Everything you need, you get from HelloFresh. You just follow the recipe and voila, you have a meal on your table in no more than 30 minutes. Some meals take a lot less even to prepare. And what I love about it is anyone that knows me knows I hate going to the grocery store 
this eliminates all those trips to the grocery store. So home cooking, which I used to dread, is now for me fun and easy and it's affordable. You get a minimum of 23 recipes a week. And the thing is the recipes, and everyone who knows me also knows that I have a very short attention span. The recipes are a huge variety of flavors and ingredients and cuisines. So last night, I didn't know what to make. I made the chicken tikka marsala. And the night before, I had the pork carnita tacos. So literally, you're eating Mexican one night, Indian the next night. You could literally have different meals and cuisines every single night. It's amazing. This has changed my life. You guys really have to try this. So here's the thing. Because you're listening to this podcast, you can go to hellofresh.com slash 10velvet and use the code 10velvet for 10 free meals. Let me just repeat that. 10 free meals, including free shipping. So that's right. Because you're listening, go to hellofresh.com. That's hellofresh.com slash 10velvet. HelloFresh.com slash 10velvet. Then use the code 10velvet. That's it. You will get 10 free meals. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Plus free shipping. You guys have to try this. I guarantee you're going to love the food. It's so easy. We're all so busy these days. This will this will be a game changer. Listen, don't take my word for it. It's America's number one meal kit. So you don't get to be America's number one meal kit unless you're doing something right. HelloFresh.com slash 10velvet. Use code 10velvet for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And DM me after you try it and let me know if this really is a game changer as much for you as it has been for me. Keep, yeah. And the producers didn't care? The, the crew, the producing, the, the team would come to me and ask me if I was okay. Even if they knew that they couldn't talk to me. Uh, they would come, okay, are you okay? And of course, I will always say, yes, I'm okay. And I still ran and I still work. Uh, but yeah, for me, if right now, if at that time, if I knew at that time that I, that I had that, I would just tell them, okay, I'm going to pack and I'm going to leave because I'm not going to sacrifice myself for one more charter when I should just be over. And no one um, came with that or approached me and said like, okay, do you actually want to stop? Do you want to like say the goodbyes and that's it and you go home and you treat yourself like no one cared about that. Well, like not to play devil's advocate, but like, is it possible Captain Lee didn't know how serious it was or he knew? Oh, of course he knew. He knew because they, uh, that's the thing. Kate and Captain Lee, they would get always tipped with everything. The, 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 the producers would come to them always and tell them every single thing that happens even before that happened because they are the heads of the show in a way. Like they are the ones controlling everything because they're the top heads of each department. Captain Lee for the exterior and Kate from the interior. And they always, they always had to know what was happening if any situation was kind of sort of script or injected so they could actually perform. Um, and of course, I knew that Captain Lee knew uh, all of it, but they, they needed for me to carry on so they could have the footage and the reason to make another drama when the show would come out. So for me staying, it would make for them more sense than for me leaving. I mean, do you think Captain Lee and Kate and the producers in a way were kind of happy? Like, uh, I mean, well, not talking about Lee or Kate because it, 
in my mind, nothing good always comes from those two people. But from the producers, I mean, in a way, I cannot judge them of creating a drama because they knew at the end of the day that I was okay. Uh, I didn't lose a leg. I was still working. But it, it's the thing, the, the humanity touch, the, 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 the thing that you cannot have on the show because you have the fourth wall. They're not going to come to you like, oh, do you want to call your mom? Like, do you want to call your fiance? Like, do you want to, do you want to like make sure everything is fine? Like, are you sure? Like, nothing was done. Like, they would make sure that they won't communicate with me. So, so whatever I would need to show, I'll be showing on camera. Because if they would appear, and if if I would cry with them, or if I would, they couldn't they couldn't film it because whatever is from the, the production cannot come up as on the camera. So they would always try to get everything raw, and which may makes them like the wall period. They wouldn't they wouldn't interact with you in any aspect, even if you need help. Wow, what switching gears? Okay. We'll talk about happy stuff. Cool. Um, <laughs> what about, like, have you ever, well, because you, we talked about, like, hooking up with the crew. You said that that yeah. happens. Like, that just happens a lot, not just on Below Deck in the real world. Yeah, that's Crew true. hooks up, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, is that, like, frowned upon or not really? It's like, just do what you got to do. I mean, you're away at sea. Um, it actually can create a lot of problems just imagine the fact that you you okay you you drink you screw up with one of your crew but then that's it now imagine that you are six months at sea on the same place stuck with a person that you hook up but you don't want to have nothing to do with it it just makes the person miserable just makes the environment miserable awkward weird issue starts rising and in my career which has 10 years right now I've never hooked up with anyone on board of any boat because my work ethic doesn't just just doesn't make any sense. Like, why would I do that? If you want to screw up some some someone on the boat, just screw me your neighbor boat that we're not gonna work with. Just go jump to another boat, hang out with them, screw up with them, and come back to your boat. Period. And I, I that's what I tell everyone on the, on the boat. <laughs> well, have you ever done that where you jumped off the board and hooked up with the neighbor boat? No, no. I mean, when I was single, um, I would, uh, of course, I had my hookups on, on, on the cruise ships, for example. It's, it's easier uh, because a cruise ship is like, I don't know, 10 or 15 or 20 yachts, right? So even if you screw up with someone on the cruise ship, you have all this way to go and you can, I mean, I wasn't able, I, I'll probably not see in six months, I wouldn't see the person on the cruise ship. Uh, so, I mean, it, on the cruise ships, of course, you're going to hook up. You have the medical, you have the hospital, you have them giving condoms and, and stuff like that. And they actually, they give the, 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 in a way they tell you like, okay, you need to actually, socialize and have your sexual interaction with with crew because it otherwise the people and that's why it happens on a lot of cruise ships some crew members just jump overboard and they commit suicide and stuff like that so on cruise ships the world is different on yachting uh do not hook up yeah period <laughs> what about like the guests like have you ever been i imagine you were propositioned by guests oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Of course, I've got, uh, actually, this year, oh my God, this year was insane. Um, my owner has an Italian, uh, I mean, in any cases, I've got several times invited, but always refused. 
but this year was funny because uh, my my boss uh, I call him my boss because he's actually uh, it's it's a nice person but I call him boss and he has an Italian friend um, that was on board and he brought his Italian girlfriend once and it was she was like very flirty very friendly and they were like very Italian let's say and they left everything was cool then after a month or something he came back and he literally approached me and said like you know what me and my and, and your boss we're, we're making a bet like uh are you gay or you're straight and i'm like i told for me i don't even answer those questions because for me what is private life is private life what is work is work so i don't never cross that line and i apologized to him and i said like uh, i apologize but i'm not going to answer that because my life it is my private life and i'm here as a chief so i'm not here to share my my sexuality and whatsoever and he got so awkward that he even make it worse. And he said, oh, because my girlfriend, like, he, she wants to fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm such a... No, you can, you can say fuck. That, that's and, uh, and I'm like, oh, my God. And like, as she said, like, I'm flattered, but I'm not interested. Thank you so much. And I'm like, just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually at work. I can actually lose my job just for listening this from you. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just forget it, just forget it, just forget it. You know, and, and this is the thing, like, You've never seen this on the show, for example. You've never seen on Below Deck a guest coming to a store that's on camera and say like, you know what? Uh, my wife wants to try to fuck you and whatever. Like, you don't see that. You see like all oh, little taps on the bum on a store that's just trying to create like drama on the, on the viewers or whatever. But this is the reality. People actually gives you the key of the cabin door trying to tell you like, okay, come to my cabin later because I want your services. Like they do that. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. I would assume, I mean, that that happens all the time. Like <laughs> yeah. you're, you're much, with, yeah. like if you're on a private charter with people, you know, and then you have these good looking chief stews and bosuns. <laughs> I would imagine uh, yeah, when you're it, on it your happens. holiday, you hit on the staff all the time. That's just in, where in my a, head You know what? what? What happens more, which is more scary is like uh, the, the crew actually go for it. And, and that's the most scary part. And a lot of crew they risk their jobs and, and they just they just go for it and they do it. And it, for me, it's very, very scary. very responsible. Because that you could be fired for as a crewman. Oh yeah, you can be blacklisted. On the yachting industry, if you, if you get fired because of that, you literally, you won't find any job in any boat because everything goes through the system. And if you get blacklisted, then they will, through, they will go through your background and they will know that, okay, this guy will never be hired. And I would imagine, you know, with drinks involved, that most people go for it. I mean, I know you haven't, but I would assume the majority do. Yeah, if they also drink, which they shouldn't, uh, of course. I mean, or even if they don't, they want to go have sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it. Yeah. Some the thing is, yachts are like the pirates of the sea. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate. I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order 
or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. They cannot see a beautiful woman or they can see a beautiful man. They just like, there's like the last person on earth. They just go crazy. And yeah, that happens a lot. I could see that. Well, <laughs> what about, because even though you don't disclose this, guys, you know how important I think it is to keep your body in shape. But let me tell you, it's also important to keep your mind sharp. And I've been leveling up my focus with word Forest. Word Forest is a new game and it's a puzzle app and it's free. My favorite word. Word Forest is an app and it's really, it's made for word search addicts like me. And I'm sure like most of you, you can connect letters in any direction to form hidden word matches. It is over 2000 levels. So you never get bored playing and it starts easy, but the longer you play, the harder it gets the better you get. It's fun. You can find as many words as possible to earn bonus coins and uncover hidden words. It's relaxing. It's a great way to grow your vocabulary. So put yourself to the test in this fun and addicting brain game. And right now, Word Forest is offering 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Guys, I have been freaking playing for days. I love that it challenges you and there's so many words and you, you really come up with words you haven't used in years. It's really fun. So stop. Listen, if I can put down the Instagram and scrolling through social media, so can you. This keeps your mind sharp. Just go to Apple or Google store and search for Word Forest. Download Word Forest for free today. That's right. Go to Apple or Google store, search for Word Forest and download it for free. And guess what? You'll be thanking me later. This when you're working and people come up and say, my wife wants to fuck you. And you say, it's your business. <laughs> and you don't answer the question about whether you're gay or straight. We did see on Below Deck, which kind of became a thing, you know, where you were basically said, you know, you've been with men and you've been with women. Yeah, like we saw that course. on TV. Was that like, did you ever think not like, you know, was that like a conscious decision? You were just going to be honest in that moment. Did you ever think, I don't want this on national TV? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Obviously I'm a gay man. I respect everyone's choices. Of course. I'm, I'm, I'm literally that kind of person that I don't care what people think, uh, if I'm gay or whatever. I think, uh, I mean, we are in 2020 society. Come on. If, if. Uh, just the fact that a gay man has to come out of the closet is the most really ridiculous thing. Like no straight man has to come out of the closet and they are straight. Why a gay man has to do it? So for me, it's no difference in sexualities whatsoever. So when I got selected for the show, no one asked me my sexuality. So I thought that time that I didn't have to come forward and say like, hi, hello, just by the way, I'm gay. It's like, you didn't ask me. I'm not going to tell you. And they thought, they assumed that I was straight. So that's right. They tried to hook me up with, with Brianna. And then I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm not interested. And then that's why uh, they made a gay charter in one of the guests with Charlie, which is a friend of mine currently. And they tried to edit in the way that I was interested with the gay guest, uh, Charlie. And they tried to make Charlie uh, hit on me and stuff like that, which never worked because I don't allow that. But when the, when the production realized that, I was gay and I've never said anything before. They, always, they were actually kind of a bit upset. But on the episode when I was getting filmed, I said like, um, I was actually, I was having a conversation because I was on the tender 
and I was one of my other producers, which were not getting filmed. And they were talking about it. And I'm like, and I said, listen, I don't have to say my sexuality when it wasn't never asked. And to be honest, it's none of anyone's business. It's my sexuality, it's my private life. And if you want to try to hook me up with whatever, you can try. But regardless if it's going to be a man or a woman, I won't be hooking up with anyone because it is my work ethic. I just don't do that when I work. And I have a boyfriend. I have a fiance. So it won't won't happen, period. So they try to play that with me in uh, in different ways. And that's why they try with the guests and still it didn't work. So what was it after they found out you were gay? They try to hook you up with a gay guest that happened to be (laughs) your friend. Exactly. Yeah, They're like, exactly. okay, it didn't work with Brianna. Oh, you're gay? Let's try the gay gas. <laughs> exactly. And that's how they brought Kyle, the English guy, because he's, he's a little bit crazy as well. At that time, he was engaged with a transsexual woman as well. And it was, it was funny because he actually, we kind of got connected because he has the same mindset as me. Like, he, The thing is, like, they thought that because I, I had girlfriends and I have boyfriends, they portrayed me as the free spirit of a guy, but... The reason that I had girlfriends is because society made me in the beginning, like forced me to only look for girls, even if my sexuality was more towards gay, because society makes you feel afraid of thinking different, which is not different. So because I was still young and I was trying to understand, I actually fell in love with girls, but that wasn't my sexuality. So when I decided to, you know what, screw society and let's just be happy and be who you are, then I decided to start meeting guys and, and, and staying with them. And that's when I found my fiance and fiance, my fiance is actually my first boyfriend man, which I'm, I'm with for six years already. And, and that's it. And that this is my life. Like, but I would never go back and see a girl and it's like, oh, now you're going to be my girlfriend, period. Right. Are you shocked that like, you know, even though it was a few years ago, like that, that still became a thing. Cause it did become a thing after you made this declaration. Yeah, on I, the think, I think it became a thing because people were not expecting that. The thing is like the season usually starts like, oh, okay, this is the gay guy. Oh, this is a straight, oh, this is the guy that hooks up with other girls. Like no one knew about me because I was only focused in working. So no one could figure out like what was my interest about people, my interest is because I was not interested at all. And to be honest, I could only be interested if I was straight and would be Brianna. Because even if, if I would be interested in, no one was interesting there. So, so it's not even like, it wouldn't be even possible. And even, even if I didn't have work, like work ethic or whatever, they were not like, I don't know. They didn't have anything that would call me like, okay, I'm going to be like going to this guy, whatever. Nothing. It's just like nothing. None of them were your type? No, no. (laughs) Your fiance is your first boyfriend ever? Yes, correct. Well, how does that happen? You just... No, no, no. I mean, I had a closet... And- no, listen, I had, I had my nights with guys. I like, I've never had a boyfriend. That's true. I had my hookups with guys. Like I had my, you know, my crazy grinder nightstands and stuff like that, of course. But then an official boyfriend, a man that I would think like, okay, I want to be with you and would make me go to my mom and say, mom, I'm gay. This is my boyfriend. And this is the person I want to spend in my life. It was my fiance. And I've never thought that in a million years that it would happen, but it happened. And I met him back home. I finished my, my last contra- contract on the cruise ship. 
And I thought it was in November and I thought like, you know what, this year I'm going to spend Christmas at home because it was five years in a row that I was spending Christmas outside of my home. And for some reason, I felt like that time I needed to stay in Portugal. And that's when I met uh, my fiance. And then from that point on, we just stayed together. Where'd you guys meet? We met in Lisbon back home. Uh, we met through Facebook. We actually had, we have mutual friends from many, many years ago, but we never met each other at the same time. So we were hanging out with all these the same friends, but we would never be in the same place at the same time together, which was very weird. Uh, and then only after I met him and after a couple of years after we, we were together, we start remembering some nights off that we would go and, and be on the same bars, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, I do remember you. You were there, but we never had talked together ah. with each other before so it was, it was kind of weird but yeah but yeah and then that's how we met we just started seeing each other and that's it For, through facebook <laughs> how like old school of you i know right it was kind of i remember that we just started chatting i think i think again it was because of some i don't remember exactly how we got into each other's facebook but i know that i think it was probably because we had mutual friends and you know how facebook works and whatever yeah and then i think because i like his photo whatever we start talking and then we saw each other and i like what i saw he liked what he saw <laughs> and then the rest is story <laughs> that's kind of how it works i know right um is it hard i mean like i know you don't like cheat or you're not tempted and you do your job but like is it hard to be like have a fiance like you know being in the yachting industry cuz like you're always on the move I mean, um, I think that's why one of the reasons why we moved together to France. So last year, um, well, we were, we were facing a, a economy in, in Portugal because the work in Portugal is horrible. Uh, I was like, okay, you know what? I need to take a decision. We need to earn more money. Uh, yachting is where I can get much more money and, and much easier money in a way. Um, you know what? I'm going to go to French Riviera this summer. And it was like a month apart to summer. I'm going to go to French Riviera. I'm going to find a boat. I'm going to start working and that's it. And, and I'm, I'm very impulsive. Like when I, when, I, when I find a solution, I don't wait for the solution to happen. I go in and find a period and I, and I get done. And I remember that I, 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 I had the flight booked. I had everything done, all my paperwork with me. He was like, okay, but we just talked this a week ago and I was flying. But the thing is, he knows me and he trusts me. And, and like, he, he knows that I was going because I was doing something for both of us. So I flew to uh, French Riviera, Cannes, Nice, did all my work, found the boat, started working. Uh, after the season, I brought him on vacations to French Riviera. We spent the vacations. He liked the area. And then I went back uh october last year i went back to portugal in one month we packed everything we moved everything back to france and we we moved to france since last year so everything just happened really fast so we are, we wow. are here since last year since like november did you ever sit him down in the five years six years and say honey let's watch a whole season of below deck and here oh, i am no way no you know what he, he loves bravo drama he loves the real housewives he loves the, the 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 those girls that are always like hitting each other like they're crazy like they look like the they just want to punch each other like she's crazy he's crazy about those girls and stuff like that and i can't watch anymore even when on YouTube, we're scrolling on the Apple TV and comes up like a, a video on YouTube that is from Below Deck. I'm like, please just don't watch. I just can't watch it anymore because it's just, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't feel natural. 
He never secretly sat there and went on YouTube and just watched it. Oh, no, no, he goes. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He watches. He likes the drama. <laughs> and he's he like, but does he watch you? Like, did he watch your season? Yeah, yeah. We watched the season together because I was, we were getting, we get the seasons, the episodes actually, like yeah. a couple days before it airs. So we have a special code, a special link. Uh, the production sends the link. You can want, watch once. And then as soon as you open the link, we watch the episode and then the link dies. Then. So we actually... Uh, see the episode before the entire world sees it and then you're prepared on social media so whatever eventual thing happens we are ready there <laughs> you're like oh god this is gonna happen this week oh my god yeah exactly well speaking of because you said yachting is really good money like what's like the did you ever get a tip where you're just like holy shit like oh my god this is so much money Oh yeah, of course. You you are much more much more on the, on on the industry than on below deck. Like that's not not even comparing. Like uh, you aren't on the show just for two months. On on the season, you aren't for the entire summer. And if you're doing charters, you can get a lot of money uh, with that because, well, I, as I all know, it's it you don't kind of have to do taxes or whatever because it's uh it's whatever. Although all those things, it's literally clean money. You receive the money. Uh, still it's from your work and then you have the charter tips because you're doing charters so at the end of the season you can definitely get a great amount of money what about like what's the most high maintenance thing a guest has done either on below deck or off where someone's just like they ask for something which is so almost impossible like how are you going to make this happen okay that's very tricky you know what because it's gonna, okay it's going to sound that I'm going to show off but he's going to show off so I Every single time that I have charters uh, or even with private owners, every single thing that I do, it's always a step above of what they want to request of whatever. So even if they, if they think or they mention something, uh, imagine they're having breakfast, they're having a meal or whatever, they're outside or they're talking with friends and they think they say something like, oh, I'd like to, oh my God, I, like, I wish I had a singer one night, whatever. And they don't come to me. That is done, period. It's going to happen. I will make all the arrangements and I'll make a surprise dinner that will have a singer. And that will actually happen this season. So um, being a chief stew, you have to make sure that, or, I mean, it's not even make sure, it has to come natural from you to do all of those things without them asking. Because it's how the industry should be. Always go above and beyond and make a wow moment in every single day you are wildly on board. And, and that's my, my, my way of thinking uh, in, in any boat or in, in any time I'm working on it, yeah. Do you like working interior better than exterior? Yeah, well, uh, yes. I like both. And the thing is, it depends the size of the boats. But when you go really, really big boats, you work on department period. So you're from interior, from interior, you don't touch lines, period. But if you go for more medium, smaller boats, like uh, between 30 meters, 35, 40 meters, you can still have the sort of uh, sharing departments. You can still do some lines. You can still dock, help the guys on the outside. So for me, I have the best of both worlds. <laughs> so I do work on sense. interior, but because I have experience as well on the deck, I help the guys as well. And, and, and that's good. I, I mean, and the thing is on the yacht, everyone has to know a little thing about everything. What about like when we started this conversation, you said, you know, people in Europe don't get as into celebrity. Portugal wasn't all excited for Madonna. 
Well, did you ever work on a boat where it, there was a celebrity, like where you're just like, oh my God, that's so and so? Oh yeah, I worked. Last year, um, we did the Festival du Cannes. So all the cinema movie festival, the hub in Cannes is like a Festival du Cannes. Uh, all the top celebrities and uh, singers, actors, whatever, they, they come here. And the entire marinas, they fill up with these beautiful yachts open for all of these celebrities to come in and, and eat the canopies and drink the champagne. And I remember that I was actually doing, it was in the beginning, uh, I was doing day work. And in Cannes, when it's a festival to Cannes, it's always very cinematic, very dramatic because it always rains. And I was doing it uh, on a, an amazing boat. It's based in Palma, but he, he traveled all the way here to the French Riviera just to do the festival. And on my boat, um, I had the famous Australian uh, Rachel. It's the famous actress, a little bit like big actress, the, the, the comedian Australian one, the blonde. Rebel Wilson? Yeah, exactly. Rebel Wilson oh. I had on my boat. And on my next neighbor boat, I had Leonardo, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And I mean, and I met all of those people. And, and uh, it's very easy to meet all these famous people because they have a lot of money and they charter a lot of yachts. And, but I never went like, oh my God, this is Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my God, this is Rebel. Like, I actually remember that I, I approached Rebel Wilson and she's like, she's the, she's just the way it is. Like the way you see on movies, she's the way she's like that in real life. She's so funny. And I, I told like, do you like a glass of champagne, Miss Rebel? And she's like, and she's like, don't call me Miss Rebel. And I'm making jokes about it. And then I was like, I was like, yeah, it was nice to meet those people. But for me, like, it's not because you're a celebrity that you're going to be like, how many times happens when there are celebrities and you just get so disappointed because they're horrible people. And then I, I, I look at that way. Like, and like, I need to actually know the person and actually like, Oh, you're famous. Good. But how are you? Like, what do you are? Like, what do you do? Like, are you enjoying your life? It's not like, Oh, because you're a celebrity, I'm going to be like all over you. Do you know what I mean? Like, but that's the way I think. <laughs> so rebel Wilson was nice. She wasn't a pain. Oh, she yet. was amazing. She was so fun. She's very like, she's so cute. She takes care. She's very careful of you. Like she thinks you about everything. Yeah. Very nice. And Leonardo DiCaprio is the same. He has such a value. Like, he's a very nice person. Really? He, like, wasn't a pain in the ass? No, very, extremely gentleman. And gentleman in all ways. Well, what about, like, have you ever had a celebrity that was a total diva pain in the ass? Uh, oh, my God. I think I remember one. I can, I can, I think it was so terrible that I forgot. Really? But I do, I do recall something, a weird moment, but I can't remember who was it. Any weird quirks that like Rebel Wilson or Leonardo DiCaprio had? You know what I mean? As far as like, no, food they like, really, they were just... No, really. Uh, in, you know, one thing that you learn um, in this kind of in industries is that when you have a, a preference sheet with the most weird preferences and whatever, you know that it's not going to be a celebrity. It's not going to be famous. It's not going to be something special because only what we call cheap people. I'm sorry. This is so bad to say, but you can say only it. the, like the new rich people, the, the, the cheap people, the people that had never actually lived these kind of things are going to be the annoying, the picky ones, the disrespectful ones, because they think they are, the last person on earth because they are stepping on the ad. A person that has a lot of money uh, that, that lives with that world every single day, they, they just want simplicity. They don't want anything 
out of normal and, and it's just like it, it actually is the most easy people to work with uh and that's what you learn like when you get the experience with these people yeah that does not shock me at all that makes complete yeah. sense yeah you it get, is true it's like the new money exactly. your first time on a yacht and yeah. you act like entitled that makes yeah, total exactly sense. exactly yeah what about like what do you think is the biggest misconception of you from people that have watched you on Below Deck? Like, what do you think is the most misunderstood thing? Um, well, I guess that I think a lot of yachts, and I got, I got a, a couple of situations that they, they, they think or they thought or whatever that my stripes, were, they, they weren't like earned because I was on the show. That, that for me is the most biggest misconception because it, it's not just uh, very offensive to me because I worked for my stripes and before I stepped on below deck, I was already a, a two and a half stripes officer anyway. Um, for people to think that I'm a chief stew now because I was on below deck, which was four years ago, two months of my life, it is just ridiculous to even like begin with. Um, all, all, all my experience, all my career, all my straps that I have on my shoulders were earned even on the show because I hard worked and, and on the show, I was even a decade. It would never even make sense why I was in chiefs too, uh, from the show. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I'm in chiefs too, because I come from a purser on bigger boats and chiefs too on a yacht is like a downgrade for a purser. So being a chief too is actually, uh, the work that I done all the way from the interior and, and from the housekeeping, from waitressing, from F&B, from all management that I've done. And right now I'm, I'm a chief too because I work my ass off every day. And how does this happen? Like, how are you so nice and humble? Like you don't put valor on your resume. You don't put below deck oh, no, on your resume. Not. You're not like, you're just into the work. Like, how do you get to be so nice? I mean, I'm not that nice. Like, <laughs> how do you get to be such like no, 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 a nice, no. hardworking? Okay, person? listen, I'm I'm not I'm not perfect. I have my I have my you know uh, my issues. I have my things that I've of course I learn every day. But the thing is, every day I try to live on being trying to be nice and, and and just be grounded. I think that's what I'm trying to think every day. Like be like a lot of like when I got out of the show. It, oh, I have a big example. Like during the show. Uh, because the thing is like when you start the show you, your head had like literally your head uh, it, it is a value like you 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 mean like a million to the network like if something happens to you the like so they treat you like you're a diva and i was like i was in shock like the way that the guys would like pick me up on the car and offer me out oh, you want to drink something and i'm like they were bringing me food and I, I remember when 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 we got into some martin the first time and they're always bothering me like oh what do you want to eat like when i like guys i know how to make my own lunch so i would i would never actually tell them like go and grab food for you i'll go to the groceries downstairs and i remember that the hotel that i was staying i had a, an amazing grocery store uh, uh on the ground level that had this amazing fresh fruit and I, I could cook my own food and when the the rest of the guys would order champagne and pizza and then just act like a freaking diva because I want a pack of M&Ms and whatever, I would like, okay, leave me alone. I'm going to make my own food and that's it. And this is, I mean, this is what I, if I'm capable of doing things, I will do it. I'll not ask anyone to do it. And I do that for my entire life. Like 
I'm nice to the people that are nice to me. If the people are not nice to me, I just buy. I don't, I just don't, I'm not on the same area as them. And in anything that I try to do on my business, the, main, the money that I make and, and, and whatever, it's just me. Like no one has no obligation or nothing whatsoever to do anything to me or help me or whatever. It's just me, my fiance, my cats and my family and my life. And that's it. And that's how I think about life. Like I just, I'm appreciative of what, everything that I have. What about, and then we'll wrap up. What about like, did you ever go to watch what happens? I can't remember. Like, were you on watch what happens live with Andy Cohn? Like, yeah, <laughs> I was on uh, Skype just and... because they, they didn't want to wait for me to get a visa to travel to US and uh, they just decided to put me on Skype, which didn't went well because Kate was trying to, again, uh, stab on, on my back and they just got a little bit truth in the Skype. But it was very like, it, it was different because of course I was on Skype. Uh, whatever they edited was not as real as it should be. And of course, if I was in person, the things would be different because they would never say what they're trying to say or they would never have the core, the, the, you know, the, let's say the balls to actually uh, come forward and say the reality would happen. And, uh, and of course, I was unable to do it because I was on Skype. And it was all because of visas and all of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned like Captain Lee and Kate, what? They like made fun of you because you weren't American, you said? That's what you said earlier? Like that was... Yeah, they all make uh, funny of my accent. Um, they're, they're, they, you, I mean, you should feel more um, inside of the team because you're not American than... And that's the thing. Like I spent, I love us. I love America. I love Americans. I went on vacations after the show for 15 days on, uh, in New York. I went to New York. I went to North Carolina, Cookville. And I know it's random places, but I've loved every, everyone. I love Americans, the, the mentality. And on the show with the, with Kate and Lee, I was, I felt like they were aliens. Like, you know, they're not, I didn't feel they were Americans even like, why are you treating people? Like, why are you so like, I literally look at them. I was like, why your life is so miserable that you cannot have a smile in your face and appreciate that you're doing something that millions of people want to do and you're here doing it and you're treating people like miserable, like they're dogs. Like why, why would you do that? And they, they just like, they're just like the way they are. Did like the other crew members feel, cause you guys were all new, like Lee's every season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Did, did the other crew members felt the same way? Like they were being hazed or. Oh yeah, of course. I remember that Jen, uh, Jen Jenna, it's Jenna, Jen, Jenna, uh, the stewardess, uh, the blonde cuckoo, big booby girl. Like she was, she was nuts. She eventually at the end of the season, she said she became friends with Kate, which is, of course is a big time BS because it was all for the camera. Um, but in the beginning, I remember that she was having a huge breakdown because Kate would harass her all the time. She would come to me and cry. I remember one scene, one episode, she's screaming at me on the table, sitting with her because the production came to me and said like, Oh, go to Jenna because she's crying on the back of the boat. So she already, they already teed me like, okay, something is happening. Go there so we can film it. And I remember that I was going actually, because I was actually worried about her. I didn't care about the camera and I was just sitting there listening to her and she was screaming and pointing the finger to me like she was. She was talking to Kate, but she was not talking to Kate. She was talking to me. And I was like, well, why don't you say, why don't you tell her that? And she was, she was in tears. It was like, it was like, it was emotionally challenging for everyone. Of course, everyone, especially when 
like you know the show and you know how to work on the best way for yourself. So Kate and Lee, they did that the best. Of course. It's like Mean Girls. Of course, exactly. How was Andy Cohn to you when you were on Watch What Happens Skype? He, 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 was, he wasn't actually bad. Um, I think he tried, but that's the thing. I don't bullshit and I'm not a fake person. So uh, I remember that. It's a funny thing I'm going to tell you now because when you mentioned about Madonna, he actually mentioned about Madonna as well. And then he, the first question was like, oh, so because you're Portuguese and you have Madonna in your country, like, do you like Madonna? And I actually said, no, I don't like her. And he actually got offended when I said that. And I'm like, why are you going to be offended or something? Like, I don't know her. I know that she was a good artist maybe many, many years ago. Now she's a cuckoo person. Like, why I'm going to like her just because I'm gay? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. And he actually got, I felt like he got offended because of that. And it was a kind of very weird environment when he asked me that. And he actually didn't came up on the official episode that when he asked me about Madonna. So that was cut off. So it's like, it's just, I don't know. I think he's a very toxic person because he's more than anyone. He's the, like the guru of the Bravo TV. Like he talks with every single celebrity on the show and, and he tries to steer the pot in every single thing. And he's probably, he's probably been the reason of a lot of lives being destroyed because of whatever he's showing and talking about them and whatever. So for me, it was like, I looked at him on, on what happens live. And I was like, I don't have nothing to you, man. I'm sorry, but you're not going to do nothing to me either. Like, bye. <laughs> and you think he's toxic just because like he stirs the drama. I mean, yeah. And I know that from other people as well. It's some fans that I, I mean, I had, I had some even neighbors, like for example, I had a neighbor from Kate that he would talk to me and he says like, no, Kate is just, he, he would use this word. She, she is white trash. And I'm like, I'm not even the one saying, I don't, I don't like to say these kind of words, but people that are even around those people, they even, they, and I'm totally against that. I, I don't like, like, uh, and I, I saw that a lot on social media, even to me when the show came out, people have no idea how, how painful and hurtful can be some words on, on, on social media. People has no idea. I had people that would, would, uh, come to me and say that I almost committed suicide. I had people came to, coming to me on the show saying like, you know what? You actually saved me because I was almost commuting, commuting suicide uh, just because I answered uh, and protected someone on social media because uh, I answered the, the, the message of that person that was talking to me because they, they look at me like, oh, I love you on below deck. And then I answered and replied and, and tried to have a, uh, a nice conversation with the person. I said, you know what? Before I talk to you, I almost thought in ending my life. And all of those things, you're like, how can you not think when you write something so meaningful online, mm-hmm. the impact that it's going to have on another person? And unfortunately, I saw that so many times from all my friends, my, my colleagues on Below Deck, uh, Kate, Lee, or any other ones that were like, why why would you even say that like you can actually be the reason that someone committed suicide and people had no idea people just has no idea a hundred percent i'm the same way i think online bullying i don't understand it i don't know how we got here it's ridiculous i would never say something negative to someone that i didn't know it makes no sense to me at all i can't even imagine how miserable someone's life must be miserable 
that you have to do that to feel better about yourself for 30 seconds. Exactly. Pathetic. Um, And then we will wrap up. I promise. Was Andy, (laughs) was Andy. So when, when you said you didn't like Madonna, was he like downright mean to you? No, he just totally changed his face. Like you could see, like he came from like this to like, uh, and it's just like, you know, you know that those people are, you know, they're used to, to hear the things they want to hear. They're used to get the answers they want to get. And I'm not the kind of a person, I'm just going to say something to you just to make you feel comfortable. I will say my truth and what I think. If I don't like, I say I don't like. If I like, I say I like, period. That's how I roll in life. And I think that's what brought me so far until now here. Um, uh, and, and, that, and that's the thing. Like I can't pick up when people are fake. If people can come to me uh-huh. and say like, oh, I like your shirt. And I say like, no, you don't like. So don't, don't bullshit me with that. Like, okay, I'm going to change my shirt now. You know what I mean? Like I know people is not real. And uh, I know that on TV and especially Andy, uh, anything that comes out of his mouth is going to be with an interest. It's going to be with an agenda. And his agenda is to get ratings and like Kate and like Lee, whatever they do, it's just because they're higher on the show and that's it. And that's how, that's how easy you can actually control them. You can actually control them, not the opposite. Well, yeah, to your point, I would agree. Like I'm sure Andy's not used to someone not caring. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's and just- why he never, he never uh, replied to any of my tweets or anything or whatsoever. I remember that on, um, I think it was with the Bravo Junkies or whatever. They put some. They put. They put something on, and I actually replied and I said, "You know what? That the reason that I like, I think like he's a toxic person, and for that reason, I would never be interested in in talking to him in real life because I don't have any interest." In. And he actually replied in a very uh, proper way, saying like, "Oh, I'm really sad to hear that. It would be amazing to actually have you with me." And I'm like, okay, you're bullshitting again. Like you have no reasons whatsoever to meet me when, or talk to me when uh, was that never mentioned before. You know what I mean? Like all, all, all of those, all of those comments and, and whatever the people say, it's just not, um, I, I don't, I, I always take with a bit of a salt because it's, it's never the reality. So wait, after you said he was toxic and Bravo junkies, he replied and said, I'd like to, yeah. I'm sorry, you feel the way I'd like to meet you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, he said it. He had a comment like that. Well, okay. Do you think <laughs> that he was felt bad or do you think, you no, know, I don't know. No, you, I don't know. I don't know. You are an in shape gay man. Do you think maybe you were being hit on? Oh, no, 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 at all. I don't let anyone wow. hit me on, like, even you if don't they think so. Think I mean, you're trying to. That's no, where no, my no. mind goes. Oh, I don't know. Even, even if it was that the case, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be being dumb enough. enough not to even understand that who was trying to hit on me, to be honest. Like, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that way. And if, if they were trying, they would, uh, yeah, that would like be bad luck for them. <laughs> and, and then you just never responded after he was like, I'm no, sorry. Of course not. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Blow wow. deck was done at that time, period. It's not, it's not something like, I'm not going to go out the street like, oh, I'm from blow deck. Hi. No, that's like two months of my life. Way, way long way. And this really is the final question, I promise. So how is yachting, like, because you're actually in the industry, you're not trying to live off below deck from four <laughs> years ago. Like, how is the industry now with COVID? Like, is it, like, what's going on? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it, it had a huge impact. Uh, like I said, I started on the boat in the beginning of the year and, and, and because the COVID-19 came in. And, and of course, a lot of owners, bought owners and, and, and a lot of companies and a lot of money just... It, 
it's just been out the drain and, and uh, things happen, employees get fired. In my case, my salary got cut off uh, 80%. So my decision was to leave that boat. And fortunately, I found a, a good private yacht owner that saw my work uh, and kept me and worked throughout the season and still uh, wants me to work with him. And, and, and that's why I'm hired. And, and even through all these difficulties, I have a job and I'm, I'm so blessed to actually have a job that will allow me to still do what I love to do. That's good. Listen, you have been amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I feel it's, like I'm talking so much. <laughs> no, trust me. This is going to be a special two-part episode, which happens at times. But like, I'm not just kissing your ass like Andy. Like you've been a Thank great- Thank you so much. Thank you me. have brought that. it in so many ways. So Thank you. I will DM you. We will keep in touch. You're amazing. Awesome. When you. are you and your fiance getting married? Do you have a date? Oh my God. You know what? A lot of people, uh, ask me that because we have, I'm, I just started streaming now. Uh, so our, our streaming couple is future husbands. So everybody looks at them like, Oh, future husbands. Like when are you going to get married? But we don't know. <laughs> We're trying to see maybe when you get more money and we have a house and everything. Then we are like, okay, we are settled. We can get married, but it's not like a huge priority. Like we, we have love and that's what matters. Like totally. getting married is just like a, a celebration of our love. And then when you get ready, we'll do it. Listen, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I don't necessarily believe, <laughs> believe in the institution of marriage. Like if you're in exactly, love exactly, and yeah. you're going to stay together forever, I feel yeah. there's no legal problems. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I did see it's, it's future husbands on YouTube, right? Like that's your stream. Future husbands now. on YouTube and on Twitch, we are streaming live every day, basically. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was every day. That's on Twitch. And where can we find you online? Instagram? So on Instagram is Bruno Below Deck, uh, which is the easiest thing to find me on Instagram. Uh, you can from there you find my fiance as well. And on YouTube, it's Future Husbands as well. And on Twitch, it's Future Husbands. So it's the easiest name for all the platforms and everyone can just find me there. <laughs> it's a great name. And I like, can't believe it wasn't taken. Like, that's yeah, I know, I know, amazing. exactly. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. Well, listen, I will keep in touch. Honestly, I really appreciate your time. You've been an amazing guest. This is Thank like, you so much. My pleasure. I could talk for hours. This was amazing. So <laughs> me too, me too. Thank you. Everyone needs to follow Bruno. Thank you so much. And I'll, I will keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, 
and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.